So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, Ha Ha Okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 4, Episode 8 of Love After Lockup. This week, Deontay confronts Nicole and her ex. Lisa and Stan try again. Brittany and Ray have dinner with Grandma. Courtney confronts Josh about his lack of affection. Doug and Rachel argue about yelling at Dougie. And Jeff is trying to figure out how to tell Anessa he's a dad. If you like what you hear, please support us and give us a rating or send us constructive feedback. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day NK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Uh, Things are going pretty good. I'm getting ready to uh, go on my last hurrah before summer is officially over for me because school starts two Mondays from now. Two Monday. Mine's mine doesn't. Mine's my school starts exactly one month from today. Um, oh so, my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it's something. It's something we always talk about with when we come to like end of year tests and stuff. And I, uh, people in my place always complain about it. I hate it in June when we're still going and like the AP exams were a month ago and we're still in school. I'm like, what are we doing? So I don't know. But at this point is where this is the these are the two weeks when I get to be like, y'all suckers back in school. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, where do you want to start today? All right. So let's start with um, – we talked about suckers. Let's start with suckers. And that's where we left off last week where Deontay is oh, suspicious gosh. about Nicole. So after he drops he drops her off and stakes her out and then you know blows his load too early when she walks up to a car that pulls up to the house. He spends most of the time yelling past poor Zach here about you know maybe he'll deactivate her phone. He'll cut her off for the money and all kinds of things. Zach, who is the last man that Nicole has been with, clearly has no idea who Deontay even is and is very <laughs> confused um, when Deontay just gets a bunch of Nicole's stuff that was just in the trunk and just tosses it on the street. Nicole says she's actually kind of turned on that Deontay has showed some passion and some emotion, Ugh, but still gets in the cart with Zach to go, quote, somewhere. The next morning, Zach drops off Nicole and her mother Krista has words. Now, it's her turn to call, call Nicole on her bullshit. She ended up last night, got woke up by the whole scene and, and immediately kind of shut down Nicole's, well, I didn't mean for that to happen. She's like, you <sighs> called him. What do you mean? So Nicole says in an interview, she didn't, you know, have planned to sleep with Zach the night before. But since, you know, she was already in trouble with Deontay, she might as well make the most of it. So Krista sees this like a normal person would see it. You know, it's okay if you don't want to be with Deontay, but it's not okay to cheat with cheat on him. So Krista is also very harsh on Nicole, saying that she doesn't know what it means to even care about people. She's actually mm-hmm. impressed that Deontay showed so much restraint and only yelled last night. Then Nicole's stepmother Jill steps in and tells Nicole how shitty it was for her to take all to take all the things that Deontay was giving her without actually caring about him. Nicole feels bad for hurting his feelings. But doesn't think she's wrong because Deontay made her feel uncomfortable pushing for sex. Mm. Nicole seems to not know what to do with the three people she has on the hook right now between Zach, Deontay, and Tia. But she's not helping the situation when the episode ends with her sending a bathroom selfie and trying to make meet up with Tia that night. Okay. So I don't know. What do you think Nicole does want to do? What do you think is her best option here? 
Oh, gosh. She's just trying to use everyone. I mean, her stepmom and uh, her mom called it out. Like, they're like, you're just using people. And that's exactly what she's doing. Like, using them, maybe not all for the same things. Like, from Deontay, she gets things, right? Because she's already said she's uncomfortable physically with Deontay. So it's obviously not the sex that she's getting from Deontay. Mm-hmm. I think she's getting the sex from Zach and Tia and the attention from all three of them. Sure. You know, and so for her to say that she really does care about Deontay just seems so false to me because if Deontay didn't shower her with things, let's say it was just the attention she would be out of there so fast. Mm-hmm. But with Zach, you know, she actually was maintaining a relationship before. And quite honestly, other than sex and maybe some attention, I don't know if she's getting a whole lot from Zach. Right. Zach doesn't seem to be in it, to be honest. Oh, no, no, no. Definitely not. Like, what the <laughs> hell? He seemed to be like, well, I guess she has a dude. And she he seemed to be perfectly fine with it. And I was just like, what is this guy's? situation like what's this guy's issue he's just kind of like eh, she's just some hoe like i'll sleep with her if she's around she's got other dudes whatever it's yeah. like I, they're not in a relationship and it kind of seems like i don't know either they're completely on the same page where it's like yeah we'll like you know sleep together if like the opportunity arises and maybe other but I can see her probably reaching out to him more than he reaches out to her. Oh, yeah. I definitely agree with that. I mean, it seemed that dude was rolling up there for a booty call. Like, that's yeah. 100% what was going on there. Right? He, yeah. he, I agree. He wasn't in it more. And he was like, this seems like more effort than I wanted to put in once this, once her dude shows up. But he didn't care. Like, he didn't no. argue back or fight. He was just no. like, she's still in my car, right? We're going to go. We're going to go hook up after this. So we're good, right? Like, but it seems like she wants three things and she's totally content getting that from three different people, right? Yeah. She wants a lot of stuff, right? She just wants stuff and Deontay's given her that. So A plus, right? Then she wants, and she wants, she wants attention from a man and she wants, you know, to sleep with men. She's got Zach right there, right? Yeah. She wants to, you know, also have attention and sleep with women. Well, boom, there's Tia. Like, I got everything I want. Well, Um, and my take on that is that Tia is probably more responsive over mm, texts and phone calls and things like that. Sure. And so it's kind of like she's really getting the attention piece from Tia. She's really getting like the... Um, you know, affirmation and, you know, like the sex from Zach, weirdly. And then she's getting the stuff from Deontay. So, you know, I do think everybody kind of plays their weird role. But the thing that just made me just be like, Nicole is such a garbage person. Oh, yeah. Is when she says, well, I was wondering when he'd stand up to me after letting me walk all over him. So it's like, one, you admit that you walk all over him and that uh-huh. you're like trying to take advantage of him and just see where, you know, he'll like where the boundaries are. And that really pissed me off because it was just like, wow, she's she really understands. She's very cognizant of what she's doing, even though she tells us, oh, 
people actually care about him and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, you're a selfish bitch who is intentionally being an evil troll to these people, like seeing what you could get out of it. And then when someone finally pushes back, you're kind of like, oh, wait, I actually find that attractive, which I also think is a lie. Oh, also a lie. You don't. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because you don't say, oh, wow, that was actually attractive. I'm kind of like attracted to that now. And then get in a car with somebody else that you sleep with. Like, that's not a thing. (laughs) That's not. No, definitely not. I mean, I, I see that and I feel like she just has – well, she has two things, lacks two things. One is impulse control, right? Yeah. She's just like, I wanted to do something, so I did it. I wanted stuff, so I took stuff. I wanted right. you know, sex, so I got sex. I wanted – That's probably how she ended up in prison. So I just did it. I just I, – I, I momentarily fleeted wanting, fleetingly wanted something and it, she totally strikes me as a person. We all have this a little bit where you're just kind of like – you know, especially I feel like this with, with when, when when nowadays that all the all the communication happens on, via text. Like you kind of feel bad when you're not like actively texting with somebody sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, well, I'm just sitting here watching TV alone, and like no one is my phone is not vibrating. I don't I don't <laughs> like this, and so you pick up the phone and you try to start conversations with people, which is sure. I think where where Tia comes from, right? But then, and that's where it comes to is like her kind of lack of self-awareness of what she mm-hmm. why she feels the way she feels and what she's doing because I totally think that it's not completely it is very very selfish and I'm not saying selfishness has nothing to do with it but I feel like she takes much, so much stuff from Deonti as like a punishment for him being for him not having a spine right yeah. it's kind of like she is selfish too but also like well fine if you're going to if you're going to let me take advantage of you, then I'm going to like take more advantage of you as a punishment for that. Like, yeah, like I'm just going to extra, extra pile on top of it until you stand up for yourself. Like how far are you going to let me push you as a, as a way of like lashing out at him? Well, the way I kind of see it is I, yes, I think that there's some version of that that's happening, but I think she is doing mental gymnastics and justifying her actions by saying, well, he's a creeper and making me feel uncomfortable by, you know, throwing out all this sex talk and like trying to ignore what I want. And so she's like, because he's acting like that, I'm going to act like this. And mm-hmm. so I, I do think she has a funny way of being able to justify, like, her shitty behavior in her head. And, you know, I don't know if it translates so well when she tries to tell us because it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, we don't feel sorry for you at all. No, like, no, no. no. Yeah, if he definitely. makes you feel uncomfortable, like, leave the situation. That's what normal people would do, mm-hmm. right? But instead, she's just like, well... If he's going to talk to me like this, let's see what else I can get out of the situation. Right. Because it's also – she also frames it poorly. It's not it, – she's not uncomfortable with the idea of of having sex with somebody or pushing somebody asking for sex because clearly she's not, right? Because there was Zach there. It's, yeah. it's the It's the manner in which he does it or him himself, something about him. That's a, that's a Deontay-specific thing. Yes. Now, to be fair – you know, if I'm cutting her a little bit of slack, you know, she's been with Zach before. Yeah. Right. And so that does change the calculation, you know, a little bit. But like, oh, yeah, but she's and I just can't help agreeing with her mom. Like she keeps saying she cares about this people. And the more she says it, I was like, I don't think you know what that means. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, her mom, like hard truths. But and it was kind of funny, too. It was kind of said off camera, like, um, you know, so I couldn't tell if it was uh, Krista or uh, the stepmom that said it. But, you know, they were like, oh, she doesn't get it. No, she doesn't. When she she walked off, she's like, she doesn't get it. She doesn't at all. It just – I don't know that she can ever get it like because she doesn't – she sees caring as, well, I like that he's around and I want to keep him around so I must care about him. It's like, well, that could also just mean you're using him and taking his free stuff. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you care about him. It's kind of sad because um, Nicole is – I mean this is kind of an extreme version of the behavior but, you know – there are people out there that just kind of string along other people and, Mm -hmm. you know, do this kind of thing and they tend to be better looking people. And it's kind of like they've been positively reinforced, like their entire dating history. And so they feel like they can pull shit like this. And it's just so frustrating to me. It's like, at what point do you learn your lesson? Is it when your looks start to fade? Is that when you get it or you just never get it? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you never get it because you're right. I'm sure anytime she's done anything, she can burn somebody out, make them mad, get them to leave. And then I'm sure, you know, within two days, she can have somebody else. Yeah. And that's always yeah. been it. She's always just like, I just get what I want. Like, and so, it, yeah, you you can't, yeah, it's you can always, you just keep getting what you want until you can't get what you want anymore. And then maybe you change and maybe you just lash out. Yeah. All right. Speaking of trying to get what you want and pushing for sex, let's talk about Stan and Lisa. So back at Stan's house, he's working out and tells us he hasn't seen Lisa in several days. Uh, But at Lisa's hotel, she decides to call Stan and she tells him that she doesn't want it to be over. Stan says he'll come visit her at the hotel. Lisa says that her choices are limited right now and she's running out of money. She also throws in that eh, she misses the guy. Stan shows up and says he's surprised to hear from her. Stan invites her to move back into his house and Lisa says that she's willing to, but she says that there needs to be some changes. They are heading back to Stan's house and Stan tells her that he's still learning about her and figuring out how to handle her. Lisa tells us that she isn't very affectionate, but she is more submissive. They sit down to a dinner that Stan is rushing through so he can go have sex. Lisa says she needs to relieve some stress, so she suggests putting Stan in a straitjacket down in the basement. Lisa tries champagne for the first time, and she almost spits it out because she says it tastes really awful. They finally get around to getting the straitjacket out. All right, so what do you think is behind Lisa's change of heart? Because remember, she had kind of said before, I want a one-bedroom apartment. You know, now she's willing to move in with Stan and, you know. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, we definitely backtracked on all the progress Lisa made last time, right? Yes, yes. Just immediately backtrack. And I think, I mean – from what I gathered, and I think she tried to put on a better face on it. I think she's mm-hmm. just out of money and doesn't have a better idea. Like, yeah, I, I think it's as simple as that. Like, um, she doesn't. She 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 was staying in a hotel room. She can't get her own apartment. Like, she can't get a job. And you know, the stimulus checks are running out. And like, 
that's it. Like, what else do I have? Um, yeah. And, 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 and this is it. And then she so puts on her good face and goes back. Now, let, now, granted, at least, you know, when she came back, he put on a better face than he has been the last couple of times. Yeah. Like, if you looked at this in isolation, not seeing what we saw before, he doesn't seem as bad. But like still, like I don't know how this – I don't know how that he can keep that up. He just doesn't seem oh, like somebody yeah. who can. Yeah. I mean I think that he can keep it up for a little while because he at least knows that if Bad Stan comes out, that Lisa's gone because that's what happened before, right? And sometimes I think it kind of takes – that reality check right like oh i could actually lose this person for people to actually try to make any kind of real changes because the first day that they came out it hadn't even been a night and so stan was kind of like i could fix this i could just you know make up an excuse whatever and then it'll be all smoothed over Mm -hmm. and she'll come over and have sex and so then you know he was Almost at the finish line. They were just like getting in the house and that's when he has his like flip out and he doesn't talk to her for like several days, they said. It's kind of unclear how long several is. It's always kind of a debate, right? To me, I always thought several was like seven plus. Isn't it kind of in the name? I would say no. I would say once you're at seven plus, then you would say over a week instead of Mm -hmm. several days. So I think several days as being like four or five days. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been longer than a day and maybe Stan genuinely thought he would never hear from her again. To me, like three, five days or whatever, like, I don't know if I would have really like thought I would never talk to that person again. Right. I give it a good month, maybe before I'd be like, yeah, I may not ever hear from this person ever again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That, yeah, because several days, even five days, even a week, that's not unheard of to not hear from somebody, like, especially when they're really mad at you. But yeah, but I just think, I mean, I think the way it left off, it's not the number of days that it had a thing as more as the number of there's another millionaire on the market, ladies, as she leaves the house, like saying yeah. we're done. Like there's certain definitely a certain type of person who says we're done and doesn't actually mean we're done. Um, oh, whereas that's always my issue with, um, well, I can't deal with people like that. So to me, when you say I'm done, when you say the words, I'm done, I'm leaving, we're over. I actually believe you. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to try to keep making this happen. And I'm not trying to do that. And it's like, I mean, it's a good thing that I'm not with somebody like that. I wouldn't stay with somebody like that because they would say I'm done expecting me to make this grand gesture of trying to get them back. And I wouldn't, and they get mad and we would actually be done then. <laughs> So Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, I I think, in relation uh, – I can't think of any specific couples, but there have been couples in the past, whether it's in the 90-day world or love after lockup, where, you know, one of the um, people say, like, we're done, like, a lot, right? And it's damaging for your relationship because if someone feels like – I mean, because it could go one of two ways, right? If someone feels like – they could just lose you at any moment, 
Right. Like that puts stress and anxiety into the relationship mm-hmm. or the opposite where they're like, yeah, they said they were done, but they weren't really done. You've completely lost all credibility in that department. And so even when you really are done, like really for real, it's like, would they even believe you? Right. Right. And that's kind of the the danger I think Lisa is getting herself into here, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, independent of the danger she's getting herself into in the basement. But- oh, God. <laughs> I, I wish they would quit bringing up that weird ass straight jackets like we don't need to see that anymore we get it you guys are freaks right and like i mean I, I just get the impression that they do like stuff where she's like you know she's like the dominatrix or whatever and it's like that's that's what goes on with this straight jacket because he's just like she's very experienced and i let her take the lead and it's like I like know. we don't we don't need that level of level of detail from Anybody? But definitely not Stan. Yeah, definitely not. Like, we don't need to hear about your weird dungeon basement. Like, stop, please. Yeah, almost as much as we don't need to see his, his, you know, stacked uh, home gym with the knee tramp. Oh, God, with his (laughs) pelvic thrusts. What is that pelvic thrusting machine where you like? Oh, I saw that. It's it's like a – I've seen that. I've seen that on like infomercials. It's one of those ones that it's one step up from a shake weight in terms of the weird look when you're when you're on yes, it. But I think yes. it's. I a, feel like I've seen that at the gym too. I mean, it's yeah, a legit it's machine. Be, it's like it's be, I think it's like supposed to do. It's basically an all core strengthener. So I think it does abs and you know, glutes and whatever it is for the core. Yeah. But it 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 definitely looks like. Why are you thrusting at this machine? <laughs> yeah. You, him and his little trampoline, like his doing little his mini little tramp, jumps. and yeah, yeah, doing his doing his bench presses, and it's like, oh I, and I get it, like everybody needs to bench press. Like if you're gonna bench press, it's not always like go for the massive amount of weight. But I would still be like, can you please not film me bench pressing a hundred pounds? Like oh I don't gosh. know, stop. I don't want this. On. I need to do this as part of my routine. But let's please don't put this on camera with like these little tiny weights on this bar. Please stop oh, that. Goodness. Well, it could be worse. It could be Colt Home Gym. Oh We've right, that. we've seen that numerous times from ninety yeah. day. Yeah, mm. it was better than it was. It was a step up from that because it was. At least Stan looks like he believably does get up to his home gym every once right. in a while. <laughs> right. Instead of Colt, where it's like uh, this was clearly staged. You just bought these weights today. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. All right. So speaking of working out routines, we have Anessa and Jeff. So. We remember last year, Jeff, last year, last week, Jeff had teased the secret and it comes out immediately. Um, His ex had told him that he has an 18 year old son that he doesn't know about. The baby apparently was born on the day he got locked up for the first time, but his family told him that her family told him that the baby wasn't his. And then he didn't hear from them again until he got to the halfway house where he had a paternity test done. Kyle's advice, because Anissa's not around, he's telling Kyle. Of course, it's just telling us what's going on. There's no reason to hide it. But Jeff's plan is to use this as a test of Kyle's, I don't know, loyalty? <laughs> but Weird. he wants to see if, basically, if Kyle tells Anissa. So he thinks if Kyle snitches, then Jeff know that, knows that Kyle needs to be out of Anissa's life. So they play up the drama when Anessa comes back as if Kyle's just going to blurt it out like right there. But of course, he is giving Jeff the time to, and space to tell Anessa, which you would assume even Kyle, I think, would assume he would do in private anyway. Yeah. Anyway, then we have another day on the commercial kind of break segment. And that's where we see Jeff's workout where he's just curling cinder blocks. <laughs> um, so anyway, Anessa brings her cousin Penny by and they talk about what Jeff's plans are. He wants to get a job, fix his teeth. 
get a motorcycle and then buy all Gucci pants in order That's to be so sexy. Weird. Yes. So yeah, in terms of, you know, sexy pants, which is what he wanted, where where does Gucci fall for you? I didn't even know I would not be able to identify Gucci pants if there was a lineup of pants in front of me. I would not what is the defining feature of Gucci pants? I have no idea. Don't they just look like regular pants? Um, I could point out a Gucci belt. A belt because it, yeah, because the belt has the giant G buckle on it. Yes, of course. Right. But I don't think I'd be able to like pick out Gucci pants. And I love how he says like, I've always wore designer clothes. It's like, have you? Really? Yeah, I'm this looking at what you're wearing right gone? now. But I appreciate that he recognizes that he needs to fix his teeth. Because yes, I he like did that a- that came before the motorcycle and the Gucci pants because right, that's going right. to go the longest way. Yes. I mean, he did smile real big when he said that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did not realize to the extent of what we were dealing with here. Oh, yeah, we got we got we got we got a lot of meth mouth there. Um, yeah. Like we saw his missing tooth, but it's just like, oh, the other teeth are not so great either. So, right. right yeah, right. let's I work mean, on that. Yeah, so to me, that's the, I I thought it was funny because Gucci to me always stands out as it's like the brand or the quote unquote luxury brand that poor people know about, and so mm-hmm. they think that's like the the be all end all of like high fashion is well it's Gucci right, and it's like well yeah, yeah like and so and they tend to make like some some really really interesting things like pants and stuff like I'm sure the Gucci pants he got. You would not have to wonder if they were Gucci because oh yeah because they got some weird print on it. Yes, exactly. It would be heavily printed, heavily labeled as being Gucci because you know that's one of those things that like rich people do. Um, rich yeah. people always wear super expensive things that you don't show as being super expensive unless you're like in the know, right? Yeah, like wearing like those three hundred dollar t shirts, right? <laughs> they just look like Gosh. they look like Target t shirts to me, but like. To other rich people, it signifies as, oh, those are those ones. Yeah. I think the same thing about, like, the blinged out watches, which he would totally get. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Jeff's secret. Uh, th- uh, that threw me for a loop. That is not what I was expecting. And to be honest, it really wasn't that terrible. And I was like, what a weird secret to tell Kyle first. And I almost felt like he was like okay maybe kyle will do the dirty work for me this is something i know i have to tell anessa but i'm kind of weird and awkward and don't really want to bring it up because that sounds like a difficult conversation so let me tell kyle and hope that kyle leaks it to anessa and then that's two birds with one stone a anessa knows and b i have an excuse for getting rid of kyle yeah Boom. Two. Done. Done. Dust off my hands. We're good to go. Because it was like it's one of those secrets that's like it's not like he's been keeping it for a long time. He said he literally found out at the halfway house. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So he found out at most like two weeks ago. Right. right? And so it's not like it's been something like why haven't you told me this before? And second, it predates Anessa. Yeah. It's it's like and so that's kind of the thing. It's like. If you have to have a secret, like, this is a pretty good one. Like, it's, yeah. it's not one that like, should get you in a lot of trouble. Right. Well, not a hurtful secret at all. It's not a hurtful secret. That's the best right. way to put it. Obviously, there's a lot to deal with going through with it, right? There's a lot to process and a lot to, you know, figure out regarding mm-hmm. this secret. 
but not something that is yeah hurtful to Anessa. Yeah, I also think uh, as someone who has briefly dated someone with kind of almost an adult age kid, it as if the like kids really only become a factor in a relationship, like a new relationship, if they're actually spending time or money or other resources on their kids. Right. Sure. And it's just kind of like if they're not doing those kinds of things, because it seems pretty clear that Jeff has no relationship with his son because the family has kind of orchestrated it that way. Right. So it's kind of like if he has a son versus not have a son, it kind of looks the same. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Because there's a there's a decent chance that, OK, he found out. Well, I don't know. It seems weird. There's a decent chance that the son doesn't really want anything to do with him anyway. Right. Right. In which case. Right. Okay. Um, but I mean, I don't know that that's the case because otherwise, why would there be this whole telling him at the halfway house and having the paternity test and, and all that stuff too? Because his kids, the, the, the child is also 18. So it's not like there's going to be child support involved. Right. So I can see that, you know, maybe the kid wants to meet him at least. Right? right. So you meet him. But to be honest, Jeff does not seem like a father figure type. Where he's going to be like, you know, calling his son every day and, you know, really, <laughs> like I said, I think that's the only time you would really notice in a relationship is if you're spending a lot of time or resources on, you know, this dependent and right. it just it does not come off as a dependent. No, but it's it's certainly which is that's why I said it's kind of a interesting secret because you have to, you know, to kind of discuss what you're going to do in the future, but it doesn't really impact their relationship no, at all. But it's certainly all. something she should know about. Like, you should know if he has a kid out there. Not that it's going to affect the relationship, but just these are just the kind of things, you know, that you don't hide from people that you're married to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So speaking of kids, uh, we've got Doug and Rachel and Dougie, which is Doug's son. So Dougie is upset that they are all talking about the letters from the last episode we saw them in. And so he locks himself in the car. Doug tries to talk to his son and he doesn't and Dougie doesn't want to talk to him. Dougie wants to instead talk to Rachel, not Doug, even though Doug tells him that he loves him. Crystal, Doug's sister, is emotional and telling Rachel that she hasn't even seen the real Doug yet. She warns Rachel that Junior, as she calls him, is a dog who will cheat on her and bring her down and says that she gives it just two months and he'll be back in prison. Doug calls his sister, Crystal, a druggie and then tries to round up Rachel and Dougie to leave. In the car, Rachel tells Doug that she's never seen that side of him, and he just needs to calm down because Dougie is sensitive and doesn't need to see him act that way. Dougie's crying in the back and says he wants a positive dad who isn't going to say he doesn't need his family because Dougie needs his family. Rachel tries to mediate and comfort Dougie as they both say that Doug is different than they anticipated. Rachel sits down to have a conversation with just Doug about his communication with Dougie. Rachel tells him that he's scary when he yells, and Doug says that he demands respect, and he does that by yelling, and he's seen Dougie talk to him disrespectfully. Rachel thinks that Doug talks to his son like, you know, Dougie's an inmate, and she fears that it will break him. 
Rachel suggests that they all go to family therapy, and Doug tells Rachel how he worked the therapy system when he was sent to therapy as a kid. Rachel gives him an ultimatum about communication, and Doug just rejects this idea. Rachel tells him to communicate differently or get the F out. Conversation over. All right, so it is interesting to see Rachel kind of put her foot down on a couple of things because everything that we had seen prior to prison release Doug kind of made it seem like he was controlling the situation. And That's true. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely interesting to see her kind of not be so submissive, I guess, in this uh, relationship. So who do you think really wears the pants in this relationship, Doug or Rachel? I mean, on this one, it seemed pretty Rachel-y. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she likes that, you know, mm-hmm. she kind of is like, it's kind of hot when he tells me what to do and and likes being like, I'm laying down with all man. But when he actually got like actually angry and, you know, actually started yelling and it wasn't just like this posturing bossy thing he was doing before, she was like, no, I don't like that. It was scary. I'm done with that. We're not doing that again. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, in terms of what is in the relationship, he, I don't say gets more out of it, but he has more to lose if yeah. this relationship breaks up. Right. And so that does put him in, in a spot. And it's just like, I don't know. It just seemed, it seemed here. Like, I think they both kind of feel like they got the upper hand on it because, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think Rachel did like, when, if you're the one who says conversation over, that you generally means you're the one who yeah. at the end of the conversation. Well, it is interesting to see Rachel like this. And I think what has happened is that she has gotten to the point where she feels like she needs to protect Dougie from mm-hmm. Doug. And yes. so now, she, you know, if it was just her, I don't know she would have stood up to him like that. Right. Mm-hmm. She would just have accepted like this is how he is. I don't like it, but what can I do? And, you know, I I appreciate that she's taking this mother role and Dougie's even looking to her as a mother. You know, like he wanted uh, Rachel to comfort him and not his actual dad. And uh, I think that Rachel is trying to protect Dougie because she realizes Dougie's had a shit situation like his whole life. You know, mm-hmm. he's been surrounded by these assholes, like, yeah. you know, uh, that are, you know, mistreating him, telling, you know, telling Rachel that, you know, he's been mistreated. And so Rachel's like looking at the situation like, all right, you know, I want to do right by this kid. And I kind of even wonder if things don't work out between her and Doug, if she would continue to like parent Dougie, you know, and I. I don't even know because, I mean, she probably doesn't have any kind of legal rights to him as a non-biological parent who hasn't adopted him officially. But Mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe Rachel should look into adopting him now because, I mean, she is married to Doug. So, I mean, she does have. She does have that. And she and she could probably if she wanted to fight it legally. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we said that last time is that she just went and got it from what was the name of the sister that was watching him before Amber or Amber yeah, Amber, yeah. Amber Crystal was not Crystal was the one that was right. yelling at Amber that mm-hmm. Amber was just like all right here you go you can have them yeah like and so if they want to fight it it's going to be hard to fight 
I literally went to the house and she shoved him out the door into my car. Like, right, right. Like, he, you, they basically abandoned him. But yeah. I mean, it's a little different if Doug is trying to fight. If Doug is trying to Dougie. fight for it. Yes. Yeah. Then, then, then Doug would probably win unless she could show – she would have to show that he's unfit in some way. But I mean – and I don't know if it meets the legal standard, but I see where she's coming from too because his proposed solution to the issues with Dougie are transparently not going to work. Right? right. And they're transparently going to make the situation worse. Right. Yeah. Like, well, he just needs more people yelling at him is never the solution of how to right, deal with a 12 year old right. child. Especially when it's like, oh, are you under the impression that people haven't been yelling at him his whole life? Are you yeah. is that the impression you're under? Because yeah. that's the wrong impression. And especially he does that thing that always drives me crazy from anybody does it. Where I was like, well, that's how I was brought up. And it's like, well, especially now look at you. Is that right. what we want? Is that what we're trying to get out of from this kid? Yeah. The way you grew up? The way and you Rachel turned out? Rachel calls him out on it. She's mm-hmm. just like, well, like, I don't know. How did that make you feel? Like, you know, people <laughs> right. being angry and mad at you. Right. And even, even, and it's just weird the way he doesn't, I mean, part of it is just he can't get out of his own head, right? Because he always, mm-hmm. he said, I didn't want my parents to blah, blah, blah. I just wanted them to care about me. I just wanted them to, to pay attention to me. I just wanted that, which is like, yeah, that's what lashing out for attention is. That's mm-hmm. like exactly what that is. And and you can say that and you can kind of take it one step further. It's like, okay, what if they did pay attention to you and all they ever did was scream at you and hit you? Would that have made you feel better? Like that would, yeah. have, that would have improved your situation? That's what you were hoping for? Or were you hoping for them to have empathy and to show that they cared about you, right? And just – it just seems like he is all about the way he feels, right? Mm-hmm. He's not He's not translating that to Dougie. He doesn't like – that his son is a smart mouth who, who you know, kind of says, screw you, man, I'm done with you. Or not, I'm done with you, but, you know, to, to fuck off. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, but that's about how you feel, right? He's just like, I wanted my parents to love me and I wanted my parents to pay attention to me. And now he just kind of, as an adult, is like, well, I want my child to pay attention to me and I want my child to like me and I want my child to want to be with me. And it's like, well, that doesn't just happen because for no reason. That doesn't happen because that's the way it's supposed to be. Like you have to earn that. And I don't understand why he doesn't see that – well, he hasn't earned that respect yet. And he yeah. hasn't earned that trust from the kid yet. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Doug just does not seem generally self-aware. So when he was talking about how they had sent him to therapy when he was like eight mm-hmm. and he said that he was so proud of the fact that he broke the therapist – that she was like, I can't deal with him. Let so she handed him over to her boss, or I get I don't know whoever, yeah, yeah. someone the else, supervisor. right? The supervisor, supervisor. Right. And so then he broke the supervisor, and then he got sent home with a bottle of Ritalin, which he decided to not take. And he was so proud of that, mm-hmm. and he's just like, no, like you are missing the point of therapy. Like, right? You know, it's supposed to help you, but if you're just like thinking that it's somehow against you yeah that's well, how that's you the react thing too to is he just sees any kind of self-improvement proposal mm-hmm. as like why are you trying to change me and it's like i mean yes i guess i am trying to change you but it's like for the to better, better I mean, you, it's not yeah. it's not he acted like it was hard it's not hard to break a therapist if just if you just do the don't talk just don't talk right just sit in the therapy office and don't say a word 
Like that will break the therapist. They will not be able to do any therapy on you at all if you refuse to open your mouth. You're like, we're here for an hour. And you're like, I can sit here for an hour. Yeah. That will break them. They will have to turn you over to the supervisor. There's like literally (laughs) nothing they can do. Or do the Mershon Lynch thing and just be like, I'm here because they told me to be here. Well, how does that make you feel? I'm here because they told me to be here. Like the therapist has promised you will not get through to you. It's not like a big challenge. He made it sound like I was so broken, so broken that therapy cannot touch me. Yeah. This is – but like does he – that's what I'm like. Well, do you want to get better? Do you want to give your kid a better life than you had? Because it keeps sounding like you say that but then everything you respond to is, but this is what happened to me. I was like, well, yeah, but the point is we're trying to do better than that. So I think he's very like narrow minded in that he thinks it's just stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's one of those people that grew up poor. And so he thinks that having stuff, having money, having financial security is the answer, right? Sure. Like he said, thinks like, oh, well, you know, it would have been different if my parents hadn't been struggling for money because then they could have given all of us attention, you know, like – now that I'm out, I want to provide Dougie like a nice home. Like that will be the answer to everything. So being with Rachel, having this financial security, that's the answer, not therapy. Right. And she's just not acknowledging the ways that, you know, being poor absolutely, you know, mentally impacts you, right? It yeah. really well, does. It causes stress on the family. It really, it causes stress on everything. But that doesn't – and that doesn't go away – when the money comes, that's like permanent impacts that you mm-hmm. carry forward through your whole life. And just getting the money later doesn't fix those issues that you have. But okay, the other thing that that was about him is he jumped to the word ultimatum really, really fast. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the difference between like this is a deal breaker for me versus this is an ultimatum is yeah. like. Like it seems to me like, hey, if you're going to be this angry all the time, I can't be with you is not an ultimatum. Yeah. Like an ultimatum is like you need to give me a ring before the end of the summer, right? That's an ultimatum or we're breaking up. Like and just the idea of it like, hmm, this part of the relationship is not working for me and it needs to change. I wouldn't use the word ultimatum there. Yeah. Yep, agreed. Oh, right. So moving forward, let's go to oh, the last ones I have left. That's Courtney and Josh. So we do actually get to see Josh this time, even though the storyline kind of revolves around the same thing it was um, last week. So anyway, he's been out for 12 days, which means that their 14 days of quarantine are almost up. Courtney's concern here is that in those 12 days, they've only had sex like three times, which for you non-mouth people out there is like once every four days. <laughs> anyway, it's making her feel very rejected. So she's trying to, you know, get things started now. But instead, he's making soup because he says he's just not in the mood. And, you know, maybe he's turning 30 soon. So maybe it's just that age when you can't get it up anymore. Is it? It's very much not. Um, (laughs) As someone who's much older than 30, no. Um, It seems like this is actually a deeper issue than either of them realize. Because what she's talking about is more, more physical affection than just sex. And what he's talking about is how he personally feels and the way he describes it is too shitty to get in the mood. Josh insists that each of them are doing their part, but this is a big adjustment for him since he's even in prison since he was in maximum security, 
he didn't have a cellmate. So he's been on his own for so long and he's not used to having to be, you know, get used to people's quirks and annoyances and things like that. But there's also a fair amount of jealousy coming from her since she says he spends a lot of time talking on the phone with his buddies, keeping up with the prison gossip. Anyway, all in all, I was struck by how typically this felt like just a regular relationship argument um, that like couples that even don't meet this way or don't qualify for this show have. Um, And it ends with Courtney slamming the door. But I mean, what do you think about that? This just seems like relationship stuff. It does. Um, I don't know to the extent that a guy is going to be texting, but like being distracted by other things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think it depends because – I think it's a little bit more common now. Like I don't think uh, you get distracted by a guy texting his – it's a different kind of texting. I know there's just a lot of like guy group texts that go around that just people sending like, you know, memes and jokes to each other the whole time. And I I can see that being something that distracts you. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I just – I feel bad for her because I definitely see her side and it's harder for me to see his side. Um, just because he's just not good at communicating, right? Right. So it's difficult to feel like someone cares about you when they're not throwing any of the five love languages out there. Right. right? Sure. So it's sure. like, I get it. Maybe yours is not physical affection, right? But what is it then? Because it doesn't seem like you're doing anything else either. It doesn't seem like you're doing a whole lot. You're not you got your ass off the couch and God knows how long. You're not telling her or reassuring her. You're not giving her gifts. It's like, They're what definitely giving her gifts. are you doing? So you I know? definitely feel like um, one of them that, that when you talk about the love languages that very often gets confused is people's definition of quality when it comes to quality time. Oh, sure. Right? Like I think a lot – That's like it's, forced time. It's not the same. But it, but it's also – I think it's super common for a guy to be like, I, I was sitting in a room playing video games and you were sitting in the room looking at your phone and that count. We were together, right? That's quality no, time. That does not right? count. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you for a lot of guys and for someone like him, I think that does count. Like he counts that as quality time. Like we were, you know, uh, parallel play. That's, that's, that's quality time to me. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I understand where she's coming from. And he just needs to be better at communicating things. That would help. Um, Yeah. Well, he has to get inside. He has to realize what he's thinking. Like, he doesn't know how he feels. And that's the part. Because he just kind of uses the word shitty to describe how he feels. And it's like, that's not really very descriptive. You're going to have to elaborate more. Yeah. It is very, very hard, you know, to explain why you don't feel away mm-hmm. right like she's like well why aren't you on the mood and he's in the mood and he's like i don't know i'm just not i'm not in the mood i can't explain why i don't feel like i'm in the mood yeah um, you know and that's i mean people can do it but not people who have struggled with kind of being in touch with their emotions for ever right right yeah, I just uh, – I think that we had talked about it last week. He is clearly exhibiting signs of depression. Yes. And it's like, okay, well, I get it. You're depressed, but you need to open up. This is your wife. You but know? that's also like, one of the things about – that's why depression is so insidious because mm-hmm. it, that also makes it something 
like as much as he doesn't want to sleep with her, he also makes you not really want to do that either. I don't want to talk yeah. to you about this. Like it just gets in there and like it's depression is very good at preventing you from wanting to do any of the things that'll help. Um, yeah. All right. So last up we have is Brittany and Ray. It's the morning after their first night together and Ray gets a text from his grandma, Sue, saying she's going to stop by. Sue's trying to scope out their situation. Speaking of family, Ray asks when he's going to get to meet Brittany's family. And she tells him that she hasn't told her family that he's out because she wants to tell them on her own time, which is when things are right. She's very vague about when that's going to be. Brittany then confesses that, you know, she lied to her mom about where Ray was going to live. Ray doesn't like secrets from each other or families and thinks that the biggest reason why relationships fail is because of lies. Brittany is concerned about cleaning the house because she sees Grandma Sue's visit as some sort of inspection. Brittany is aggravated because she just wants alone time with Ray. Sue stops by with some clothes and food and tells Brittany that she has her eye on her, which is kind of an odd thing to say when you're the guest in the house, but... <laughs> Sue then asks why Ray hasn't met her family, and Brittany admits her parents don't know that he's actually living there. Sue then asks if she's ashamed of him, and Brittany says that she wants Ray to get a chance to settle in. Sue then says, you know, if Ray feels disrespected or doesn't feel comfortable there, that he can call her and she'll, you know, just fix things. All right, so it was pretty straightforward, kind of a continuation. We get it. Sue's like... You know, got her eye on Brittany and Ray situation. Brittany's lied to her family. But my burning question is, how do you reheat fried chicken? I usually reheat fried chicken in the oven. Yeah, they put it in the microwave, which is just Oh, like, no, no, no. Ooh. Chicken in the microwave always terrible. It's yeah, like, right? Just always terrible. I mean, yeah. if you don't eat it cold, um, air fryers are good. Yeah. That works. Mm-hmm. Which um, is basically just an oven, right? Like a convection oven. Yeah, it's a basically a convection oven. That's right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Microwave fried chicken, is, that's, just, that's just awful. Because yeah, the outside doesn't stay crispy it. and the inside it gets, gets all rubbery. Rubbery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, no good. Definitely not if I'm like giving that to somebody on there. Well, I mean, but the thing is we have saw that before. We saw that with uh, – with Josh, we saw that with Doug, like a lot of people coming out of the, of the prison, like literally a microwave is the only way they had to heat anything. And so we're just all like, give me that microwave stuff. And you're like, well, let's – OK, let's maybe not. Like we have we have better things out here. We just got to – we just got to walk our way to it. Yeah. But, Unless I, mean, I mistook the microwave for like a convection oven. You oh, know? yeah. Uh, could have been. Possible, but I'm pretty sure it was a microwave, and Brittany was the one who heated it up. So yeah, but she was heating it up for him, right? Wasn't she? Uh, it was for all of them because they all sat down guest, to meal. Too. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Like, okay, so the first thing that, that struck me is like I just want one time. I'm, I'm keeping track. I want one time. They always make a big deal out of the first time they're together. You know, after after getting out of prison, I just want one time for them to be like, meh. I think it'll get better eventually. <laughs> I kind of feel like Courtney from Courtney and uh, Josh 
had said something along those lines, right? I still think she, uh, maybe she did. Maybe she, I thought she still said it was amazing. It was great. It was the best I ever had. And I was like, was it? I think for Courtney and Josh specifically, I think that it was the anticipation. She just like was, you know, very Mm -hmm. like excited to feel like physically connected after feeling emotionally connected. But I also got the impression that it was like kind of like, meh, we'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't. It's definitely one of those ones that like when you oversell it like the first time that, you know, it's been years since he's been with anybody. So like I feel like yeah. when you oversell it that first time, it was the best I'm like, I don't believe you. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's just I don't understand what Britney's game is here. Like with this um, trying to shade and half truth everything to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just seems like it, it's not working. No, it it doesn't. And, you know, Ray isn't wrong in saying, like, secrets aren't meant for, you know, the people that you're close to, whether your partner or your families. And, I mean, I'm kind of with Sue. The impression I would take, and I do take, is that she is somewhat ashamed of him. And part of that isn't really Britney's fault, per se. It's because her mom made her feel ashamed of him because her mom Mm -hmm. is the one saying, like, don't bring him around unless he has something to contribute. And Britney almost spouted that for word for word to Sue and Ray saying, you know, oh, I want Ray to get settled in, to feel established so he has Mm -hmm. something to contribute before I have him meet my family. So it's like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, so it's like I, I just feel like I feel like Ray's on the right track. I mean, obviously yeah. secrets and lies are not good for a relationship, but I think they're those in and of themselves are not the things that are the problem. It's why why are you telling the secrets? Why are you telling the lies? What are you covering up here? Right? That's what the that's what the root issue is, right? Mm-hmm. And I, but I also agree that you can't deal with the root issue until you actually address it and Brittany's just trying to take care of things on her own. She's trying to think if I can just move the pieces to the right place, nobody has to know what happened on either side, right? Because she just does not want to tell them, my mom doesn't want to meet you. Yeah. Like that's that's the – when they keep asking, why haven't I met your family? Why isn't it your mom? It's The answer is not some weird I'm waiting until blah, 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 blah. I'm waiting until X, Y, Z. I think X, Y, Z should happen first. It's because my mom said she doesn't want to meet you. Right, like, right. That That's the answer, right? And it's it's incredibly obvious to – both of them, right, that she's hiding something. Mm-hmm. What it is she's hiding, they kind of misjudge a little bit, right? That they, they kind of misjudge and think, well, we think she's ashamed of us or her family doesn't even know about him. And they're not totally off because she told them she told their family about him what, like two weeks ago? Yeah. Something like that. It's been it's been very short. So they're not like on the wrong track, but that's not specifically what it is. But it's incredibly obvious that she's hiding something and it's yeah. incredibly obvious to her family that she's hiding something. Yeah. Yep, definitely. So, I don't know. It's a weird but not – it's understandable but weird situation that they're in. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's kind of like, eh. I actually appreciate that there isn't a lot of drama between the two of them. Yet. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, they, been, it's been literally his first day, right? Right, right. But so far, they don't seem like garbage people, which, you know, we've mm-hmm. been making drawing comparisons between them and um, Quaylin and who is he with? Oh, Chevelle. Chevelle, yes. Oh, no, and so far, like, so far, yeah, so far, I would say that, you know, Ray seems much better than Quaylin so far. Yes, you know? and I would also say that Brittany seems much more adjusted than Chevelle. <laughs> Yes. So we, 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 we always, always with a grain of salt, because sometimes we totally eat our words. Oh, I know, things. right. Oh, they seem really sweet. Yeah. So speaking of which, who was your student of the week? So my student of the week was Rachel. Um, yeah. Just for, you know, standing up, putting, again, being the only only person in this family like that we've seen that's putting the kids' needs and mm-hmm. things for in front of their own feelings. Everybody else has their feelings way in the forefront. Over, yeah. over what's going on with Dougie. And for, you know, standing up and not backing down over this, are you giving me an ultimatum thing? So because when it came to the kids. So good on Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I support that. But my student of the week was Nicole's parents, her okay. mom and her stepmom. Like, you know, those are the kinds of things that, you know, she should hear to be like, dude, what you're doing is super messed up. But at the same time, they're not naive enough to be like, yeah, she she got it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah we've we got done our her. job. Like, they're like, I yeah, mean, we get it. I'm she sure there's I'm sure I'm sure they've been saying the same thing to her for a decade. And there right. was like this. Like, hopefully it sinks in at some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. All right. OK. What about your dunce? I went with, um, you know, we could go a lot of ways here, obviously. Yeah. But um, just to keep, you know, from repeating a lot of times, I went with Brittany. Yeah. Right. Just just trying to build this. She's trying to build a new life out of secrets. Yeah. Like and that that that's not going to work. And I get where she's kind of coming from to try to protect everybody. Um, But it's not going to work. And I feel like it makes her look it makes her situation look worse than it actually is um, in an attempt in her weird attempt to save it. So she's yeah. like, you know, just digging digging herself a hole here with all these secrets. Right. Definitely. Uh, my dunce is Doug. Just mm. how he handled all of this situation, you know, just like yelling at his sister, yelling at, you know, his son, um, you know, being bullheaded about, you know, the idea of therapy. Oh, um, yeah. You and know, we even left out the part where the only person, the, the one person defending, like, his son, he was like, why don't you go get your crack pipe? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, calling her a druggie <laughs> as she, like, you know, rode off. Just, yeah, just... How he handled this entire situation. <laughs> I don't think there was a single redeeming uh, point of how he handled it. Oh, wait. I think he told his son he loved him. But, you know, that's not so believable when you're, like, yelling at him and practically yelled at, well, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't you understand? <laughs> yeah. All right. What about your life lesson? All right. So my words, my life lesson is everybody finds – not everybody. Many people – find themselves in some situation where you have to like choose between two people, right? Or mm. more people. But the worst way to do that and to try to make that decision is to just keep seeing everybody behind the other people's backs. Oh, God. Yes, like, I know, right? <laughs> not not a good way. Because I get where you're going with it. You're like, oh, I need to spend more time with each person to decide which one I really like. But all that's going to do, it won't make you help, help you make the decision because no. you're always going to be bouncing back and forth with whoever the last person you saw as the person yes. you liked the best. right, right. And then at the end of the day, the most likely scenario is they find out about each other and you lose all of them. Yeah. And then you have no options. 
Yep, isn't that the truth? All right, my life lesson um is directed to a couple people um because there seemed to be some secrets happening. And just like these to me, it's not that it's a dumb secret, but it's like an inevitable secret, right? It's like right. one of those things where people are going to find out the truth. It's really literally just a matter of time. And so yeah. to me, it's like there's no real point in holding on to inevitable secret because it just makes you look bad because then when the person eventually finds out, the natural question is, how long have you known about this? <laughs> right. Or how long right. has this been going on? And so now you're in an even worse situation because you've taken so long to be forthcoming. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was the same. I mean, I don't know who you're specifically going on that, but I, I, it makes me think about Brittany again. Like yeah. when Ray finally meets his mom, like one of the first things she's going to say is, well, I didn't want to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be very, very fast to come oh, out yeah. of her mouth. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because it's her mom and she's, you know, just does not yes. give a crap. Yeah. No, uh, no, no, no. But what I was thinking of is uh, Jeff and his secret as well. So he sure. had – he also had a secret that, you know, it's kind of like a major life thing that is kind of an inevitable secret if he's going to have some kind of relationship with his son. Right. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. So that's it for this week. Um, covered everybody, got our things. So I don't know how many more episodes we have here. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine that many because what, uh, life after lockup is supposed to start in three weeks. What? So we might have two. Yeah. So probably episodes. two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my guess, especially because we are seeing a couple of these, uh, couples on life after lockup. I think. We're seeing, I want to say Stan and Lisa and Deontay mm. and Nicole. Right. Yeah. Right. So those two we've seen in trailers. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say we have two more episodes left. All right. Let's hopefully it's a, yeah, we'll, I'm excited for the end. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. So until then, we'll be back. All right. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, we will be back. Oh, yeah, next back. week. Oh, yeah, next I'll be week. back by then. Yes. You'll be back by then. We got it. We got it for you. All right. Out. Yeah, yeah at, least right. at least for this channel. Okay. Yes. All, All right. right. See you then. Bye. Okay, bye. Good.